Welcome to In Defense of Humanity. My name is Osteris Oz Miller. Of course, my co-host here is Khalid Johnson. Wassalamu alaikum. And today we are joined by Skylar. Skylar, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Skylar. Um, super nice to be here. I'm a musician, music producer, and also I do creative direction and photography. So a lot of different art things. Excellent, excellent. And tell us, before we even dive into any questions of existentialism, how did you get your start? Um, I got my start, I used to write songs when I was a kid, kind of for fun. And then when I went to college, I was confronted with a lot of anxiety and I was studying science and I would just spend every night, like after the library writing songs and I would go to the library and like would take pictures of the microscopic like bacteria and do like weird edits with it and kind of just got really into creative, just being creative as a way to like relieve anxiety. And then once I graduated, I realized that like, I couldn't give up on music and that was something I really wanted to do professionally. And um, yeah, and that's kind of how I started. And ever since then, I've just been taking on new skills and just trying to get more of my music out there, but also just trying to get better as an artist overall. Nice. And yeah. I'm familiar with your undergrad studies, but please tell the audience, what did you major in? Um, I majored in health promotion and disease prevention. So I went to USC and I was pre-med there. I got really involved with obesity and the obesity um, epidemic and or pandemic and was doing a lot of research in other countries and volunteering and just became a really big part of my life was doing medical things and mostly health promotion. And it's still a part of my life. I still do health research and medical research, but definitely the creativity aspect of my life like overtook, but um, we'll see. Maybe one day I really want to balance like music and medicine and see how those two can go together. But that's a long-term goal of mine. Cool, cool, yeah. absolutely. And I'm sort of familiar with health promotion, epidemiology, Mm -hmm. uh, because I studied in New Zealand for a semester in 2016, and those were the only courses I took. Oh, I crazy. I signed up for grad level epidemiology and health promotion courses because I didn't wow. know the course code. I refused yeah. to do research, um, as is common <laughs> problem with me, and I found myself doing health promotion in New Zealand. That's cool. I feel like the thing is, I didn't even know what I was going into when I first started. I was like, health promotion, that sounds cool. And then once I started it, I was like, oh, wow, this is really different than what I was expecting because it's a lot about preventing disease. And um, I think it's interesting because the medical field right now is a lot about like treating a disease after it comes about. And like what I enjoy studying was prevention and just setting up interventions to keep people from developing disease in the future. Um, it's super interesting to be thinking about, especially during a pandemic. <laughs> just how we could prevent this in the future. Absolutely. Um, what was it? We had Sam Flagg on here, who's currently a medical student at cool. VCOM. And we spoke about the preventative model of medicine, which is what is usually incorporated in universal single payer healthcare and the curative mm -hmm. model or the model of treatment, which is um, more accustomed to a capitalist society, you know, big pharma, 
uh, yeah. the proceeds from curing or at least treating a disease more effectively than before. So yeah. It, it continues the cycle and obesity as a pandemic, as you said, uh, just yeah. goes with that even more. It just, that's like one aspect of society and culture that just really frustrates me because I don't think there's an emphasis on our diet and how we treat ourselves. And um, I think ultimately, like it comes down to education and at the, like, I don't know, just the government it doesn't push for like education towards healthcare or like towards taking care of ourselves and towards eating right and nutrition. And it was really hard for me because I used to work in like these just low income areas and would see that these people had no idea like how to treat themselves and also how to eat properly. And it was just really sad to watch. And I just think that overall, like it just needs, it stems from education and also preventing disease. And it's so interesting because I never talk about this anymore. It used to be such a big part of my life. I mean, everything goes hand in hand, you know, um, you're not, provided enough access to educational materials. Um, You're not afforded the same kind of access to healthier food options and you're not really educated about that kind of stuff. And so, you know, that kind of sucks because it's like these different systemic forces um, working in various different ways. Yeah, exactly. And it boils down to the system, you know, and it's hard because as an individual, it's like, what can I do about this, you know? And there's so many issues in society that boil down to the system, which is why it's so important to vote and so important to get our voice heard. But also it's difficult because there are so many aspects of our society that get missed. You know, it's like, it's not a part of our conversation to talk about the obesity crisis, you know, and I used to travel and it's not only America. That's the crazy thing. Like you go to these low-income countries and like developing nations and they're struggling with obesity even more than we are, you know, and it's just like an entire global crisis or global system that I think is just hard to conceptualize and difficult to really address. But I'm like happy that people are actually willing to talk about this stuff and like in the media for the first time, it feels like in the past six months, people have been really like talking about politics and the issues in the world, which is really cool to see and cool to be a part of. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think I've, I think I've noticed like a definite swing, especially like within Gen Z towards being more politically minded, Um, you know, because it it used to be, don't talk about politics, don't, don't express your politics with somebody because you don't want to offend somebody or you don't want to, you don't want to get into a fight with anybody over your personal politics. Mm -hmm. Um, And at a point where, you know, a lot of our politics are um, so divisive, you know, these should be conversations well, that's that what it having. feels like you know it feels divisive it feels like an argument always it's like it's not an argument you know if you sit down and really talk to someone and really get their point of view like I just wish that people treated each other with a little bit more empathy you know and realize that we all like have a backstory that shapes our opinion you know and instead of automatically saying to someone like I don't I don't want anything to do with you because you have a different opinion than me. Like you have to have a conversation about it and open your perspective towards what they've been through and what you've been through. And I don't know, I just feel like maybe that's happening a little bit more, but it's hard. Cause even in my world, I see that like people are super political, but they're not willing to actually have a conversation, you know, 
they're just very like passionate towards their worldview, which I understand and I advocate for like passion is important, but mm -hmm. I guess it's just difficult to like, just continue this um, cycle of just divisiveness, you know? Cause I wish everyone could get along, but it's just difficult. Cause that's not always the case. Absolutely. And so leading from health promotion, your study, I assume you did not start medical school. You just went no. straight into actively doing music full time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do creative direction stuff too. And I, I was doing medical research and I was applying to medical school and I just thought to myself that music is the one thing I want to do more than anything in this world. And I love creating and what creativity has provided to me. Like I want to inspire other people to pursue creativity because I think it's really healing, you know, and that's, I feel like the way that I can heal the world or provide medicine to the world. And, um, I just wasn't ready to go to medical school. And I'm, I'm really glad I made that decision for myself just because it gave me the time to grow and like be independent and realize that like, I can create whatever world I want to create. You know, I can do a lot of different things. I don't have to feel limited by one aspect of my life. Just because at, at this moment in time, I felt that like, if I was going to medical school, I was completely signing away my life and I wasn't going to be able to do all these different things that I want to do. So and I'm really like, I'm grateful because I think the thing that I didn't realize was I could do production and I could do everything myself. Cause I don't think people teach specifically women. Like I don't think people teach women that you can produce and you can do things on your own. And like, if you want to start a business, you can, and you can succeed at it. And I started producing and I realized like, oh, wow, if I want to create art, if I want to make music, I can do it myself. And I think before that, I was always working with producers that like told me I needed them in order to make music. And um, once I had that thing switch within me where I was like, oh, wait, I'm in control of my life. Um, it just made everything a lot easier. And yeah, I've been doing music since and um, I love it. Yeah, I really do. I mean, thank God for the access to the internet, you know, being able to like seriously kind of learn these things and not need some middleman uh kind of intervening in what you're doing well that's the thing it's like I remember I was going to the library to study for the MCAT it's funny how all these things like started in the library for me but I was going to the library to study for the MCAT and I ended up on this like logic tutorial on how to use like how to produce beats on logic and I like started producing a beat and like I got some stuff from Splice and like I just remember feeling this major change where I was like, well, I can do this myself. And if I just dedicate the same amount of time that other people dedicate, like I will get better because everyone has to start somewhere. Like I did not start good. And um, it was just really exciting to have the internet and also like have this community of people that I felt like were listening to my music and following my journey. And that really motivated me just because I think it was wild because when I first started, a lot of people in my life were just like, you can't produce. I don't know. Should you be doing this? Like, this isn't right for you. Be a doctor. It's easier, you know? And um, I think once I started like teaching myself and also forming a community online, it just made it a lot easier because I was having people that were supporting me and I was posting my art and people were telling me to keep going. And 
having that voice just really helped and also having the tools to be like, oh, I can learn anything I want to. Like, let me go on Reddit and like watch this production tutorial or something, you know? And it's been super awesome to realize how great the internet is. Absolutely. And also, when, whenever I jump on, you know, not to shift gear, this is still heavily based upon your experiences. When I go on Spotify every mm -hmm. day, um, in my daily mix, one through three, you are on one of them. Oh my so God, that's crazy. Ask, who, are your, who are your influences? In, in oh my gosh, I don't know. And producing. That's so cool, by the way. That means the algorithm's working in my favor, which like sometimes it doesn't, and that's awesome. Uh, my biggest influences, it's funny because I was listening to Lady Gaga today and I didn't realize that she was that much of an influence on me. But I think when I first started as a kid, like, or just being a kid, listening to her music made me feel really powerful. And um, I just really like her creative direction and art and visuals and just so talented as a person. It's really nice to see how successful she's gotten. Um, but I think like my main influences are Toro Imois and Grimes. Like both of those two people are super influential to me because specifically Grimes, like I saw her when I was 16 and it just changed my, changed my life. Like I saw her on stage at Coachella and she was by herself, just like jamming out to her music, didn't care what anyone thought about her. And it just felt really freeing because I don't think at times, like there are that many women role models that like go on stage and literally don't care what anyone thinks about them, you know? And she was doing all of her own music. She does her own visuals. And I mean, she still is doing all her own music. And I just really admire her because I don't think she's changed who she is to like fit into the music world. I think she just like was accepted by the music world because she like created something that was so genuine to her. And also the same with Tori Moi. Like, I think he's just super prolific and is more focused on the process versus the product. And I think just is constantly creating. And that's kind of what I inspire to do is just constantly be creating. And um, he also does visuals and just really cool um, paintings. And I love doing visuals just as much as I love music. And that was a really hard thing for me to accept because I thought like, oh, if I'm a musician, I can only do music, you know? And having people that are role models is so important because it shows you that like, I can do that too. I can be different. I can do visuals in addition to my music. Like, I don't have to be confined to doing one thing, you know? And it's been really important to me to have people to look up to. I mean, there are so many more, like Tom Mish, I'm a huge fan of. Um, Peggy Goo, I really like right now. Um, Kay Trinata is great. Just mostly like the people who are producers and um, like producers of their own music, yeah. Also, Disclosure and Jesse Ware, both really good. Yeah, I love that kind of music. So I don't know, I have so many. I listen to so much music. It's like difficult to like talk about my influences because I'm just like, they're all over the place. Like I've been listening to Brazilian music right now and they're so good. Like I had no idea. Um, yeah. And dove back into Prince. Prince is amazing. I love him. When you say Brazilian music, mm -hmm. are you referencing funk? Brazilian funk, but also just like all around, like Rita Lee's really good. Mm 
um, Marcos Valle and then Arthur Barokai, I really like. Also Gil Gilberto Gil, I think that's how I say it. But yeah, it's like funky, but also more like chill, like kind of bossa nova-esque. Mm -hmm. um, but I have like a bunch of people who listen to my music that are in Brazil. So like anytime I post a song that's Brazilian, they'll like send me like five more. And I'm like, hell yeah, like I love listening to this. Um, and now I just have like a bunch of playlists that are just all Brazilian music. We'll see how it influences my music. Cause I feel like sometimes if you listen to something it like ends up going into the music, you know, hopefully in a good way. For sure. Um, Khalid here is familiar with Brazilian music as well. Really? Uh, because whenever he rides with me, I, I refuse to play anything other than uh, Brazilian music. You're kidding. Yeah. Oh my God, you got to send me your playlist I or like just a couple of songs, please. I love it. I don't know why I was sleeping on it. Like I had no clue that it was a genre. Like I had no clue how good it was. And then I think I found like one Marcos Valle song and just like fell down this like whole rabbit hole of just Brazilian funk and amazing music. Mm -hmm. And also if you are interested in Brazilian music, like afro beats quilombo style um mm -hmm. there's a group that i'm still with we're on whatsapp together since we can't link up in person um they're they're a group of capoeiristas so they practice capoeira and they, they share music all the time like playing on birimbao and different things so i can send you some of this stuff that we oh my god please please do because i don't even know like that instrument sounds so cool but i don't know what it is you know that's awesome yeah it's just wild because there's so many like different kinds of music and so many different styles of music and so many different instruments like it's really mind-blowing and these people dedicate like their whole lives to learning this instrument that I don't even know which is kind of wild to me like I remember I was in an uber like with my friend and we started a conversation with the uber driver and he like played sitar and then this other instrument um that was like a Persian drum of some sort. It just, it was so cool. And he, we like got his number and he came to my house and played it for us. He was like, I would love to play it for you. You're also musicians. And we had like this awesome hangout and he played us this instrument and we were both like crying cause it was so beautiful. It was like this one drum that had like percussive elements but also these metal um, things hanging off of it. And it just made this beautiful sound and I, I'll never forget it but it's just crazy to me that there are so many aspects of life that I just don't know about. So many aspects of music that I don't know about, you know? Yeah. How did you get into Brazilian music? Just know. got into it's it. Just, I meet a lot of people. I say I yeah. meet a lot of people by chance, but I walk up to random people on the street. I love that. Like if I'm in a different state or a different country, I like overhear someone speaking i don't know like portuguese and i'm like oh i'm like oi tudo bem and then they're <laughs> like oh so so i just start chatting with them and then i'm like cool then we somehow it leads to music and i'm like oh this all sounds the same next yeah. time i'm with my friends i'm only gonna play this for the next four years <laughs> i love that i um i'm also one of those people that goes up to strangers and starts talking to them but like never if they're speaking another language, like it's more like if 
something interests me about them, I'll just like start talking. Mm -hmm. Like if I like their bag or something, I'll use that as like a groundbreaker. I'm that's a part of like life that I really miss right now, actually, is like Mm -hmm. random conversations with strangers. Like I used to go to coffee shops and just post up at a coffee shop all day and just like make new friends and um, like go on little adventures by myself or to art galleries or something by myself. And just was constantly like trying to meet strangers. And it's really difficult right now to meet strangers because everyone's wearing masks and you're not really going outside and it's very different. Imagine being that social. I I am (laughs) not, I'm like the outlier here. Really? Yeah, I'm super (laughs) extroverted. My, or I'm not extra, I don't know what it is. It's more like my dad growing up was always that guy. Like we'd go to a coffee shop together and he would just start chatting with the person in front or like he would just talk to anyone. Like we're anywhere and he would start talking to them. So I guess it just like became a part of my, like the way that I interact with the world is just like, I'll go out and I'll just randomly start talking to people. I don't think it's weird because my dad used to do it. But I remember my friend in college, like we would go to a coffee shop and I would start talking to people and she'd be like, Skylar, like, why are you talking to people? are you doing this again? And I'm like, yes, it made her so uncomfortable. And I was like, I'm sorry, this is just who I am. That was literally Osteris all four years (laughs) of our college experience. It's like, why do you have to talk to everyone? We we were like hanging out one time and he was like, hey, I just got news of a party. Let's go wander into this like complete stranger's room. And that we did. And uh, then we got kicked out. Oh no. And then we got brought back in because they were like, you guys were the only ones who weren't constantly a problem come up. But then it was awkward because there were just like five of us sitting there. The oh my God. The That's so funny. Owners and us. And I was like, okay, this was a bad idea. <laughs> it's crazy to me because like I have made some of my closest friends like doing random things on my own or just trying to meet random strangers. Like I went to a music festival by myself my junior year of college. And like, I ended up in a campsite with like eight people that I immediately clicked with and eventually became my best friends. And like, it was crazy actually, cause I decided to go to this music festival alone. Like I was pre-med and I was just getting into music and I was like, maybe music is something I really wanna do. I went to this music festival alone. I ended up in a campsite connected through a mutual friend with all musicians that were like playing the festival. And it was just wild because I was like, this is a sign from the universe that like, I need to be surrounded by musicians. And this is something I should actually be doing because being with them made me realize like, oh wait, they're all doing music. Like I can do it too. It's not a fantasy, but I don't know. I also just believe that if you do things for yourself, like the world works with you. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother conversation, but yeah. I love, I miss it. I miss seeing people. I miss meeting people, but. Hopefully that will be a thing again soon. Yeah. Who knows? It's definitely thrown a wrench in how I interact with people. Sure. Yeah. Like you were saying. Because the only reason we met is because yeah. one day I messaged Zoe Share. Everyone who's listening, Zoe Share Photography, go check her out. If you're in Amazing after coronavirus, art. hit her up. Um, yeah, I just told her randomly, hey, I'm coming to, to see a museum in California and she was like what and I was like and I'll be at your house in two hours <laughs> and I showed up uh, that's crazy and then did you guys talk before up. yeah yeah I mentioned it I think it was like sort of a joke I was like okay I'll be coming 
And then I think everyone goes like, oh, he's joking. There's no way. I love that though. Yeah, yeah. And you did. You took the leap. See, that's like another thing that I'm like livid about is like, I was going to travel so much. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to embark on the travels. (laughs) And now I'm like, it's fine. In retrospect, I'm not, I can't complain because I've been super lucky with this COVID experience. Like, it's been really nice actually, like having some time to myself and to make art. Also, like, it's interesting because I think sometimes I struggle with, I'm so extrovert, like, or I want to be super extroverted. Like, I don't think I'm deeply that extroverted. Like there are some introverted aspects of me, but when, when there's all these people around, like I'm constantly meeting people and constantly trying to make plans. But it's kind of nice that the world put like a, okay, stop. You have to solely focus on yourself. And I spent the first two months of quarantine, like completely alone in my apartment. <laughs> and it was crazy for me, but also, I don't know. It was, it was really nice to spend that much time by myself and just realize like, oh, I have to like who I am, you know? Cause I'm my main homie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting. But who knows? How have you guys been doing with this whole quarantine situation? My entire uh, grad school situation got shifted online. So oh, crazy. Um, we were in person up until like right after spring break. And then they were like, yeah, don't come back. Um, if you're living on campus, get your stuff and uh, we can accommodate you if you can't get back home, but you should really get back home. Luckily, I'm local. So, you know, yeah. not a problem for me anyway. But um adjusting to school online has kind of sucked um like it's been an experience um but I mean I kind of like being to myself it gives me more space to be artistic um you know uh I'm not doing as much running around um I'm at home within my creative space able to create so you know that's it's a benefit to it I mean I hate not being able to like see my friends as frequently as I'd like but yeah you got to balance things that there is one nice thing where it's like, you really see who are your true friends during quarantine. You know, it's like, who are the five people I'm talking to every day? Like those are my real friends, you know, versus the like a hundred people that I'm acquaintances with or something. It's also interesting. Like what, what kind of art are you making? Are you making like any weird art that you usually don't make? Um, I wouldn't say anything weird. Um, I do comics. And so, you know, I found myself like just writing a lot and getting influenced by what's been happening around me. So like love that politics, pandemics have like popped up in a lot of my work recently. So, yeah. It's the perfect time to be (laughs) making something like that. It's a political world. I feel like I, I started painting so much during quarantine like the first month of quarantine, I was painting every day. Like I made three paintings a day. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I painting so much? I never paint. I thought back when I was a child, I used to go to Color Me Mine. Have you ever heard of, have you ever been to Color Me Mine? No, it's like a painting place where like you can pick out a ceramic and like you paint stuff on it and then you leave it there and then they like heat it up and then it makes like these bowls or basically like 
you can just create your own bowls or ceramics and it's really fun. And me and my dad would go once a week when I was a kid and we would like make these bowls together. And so I have like hundreds of bowls from when I was a child, but I was thinking to myself, I was like, maybe this is like an anxiety thing, like an anxiety reflex, you know? Like I'm stressed about COVID and I'm so now I'm painting because like it reminds me of being five. <laughs> hey, finding your happiness, finding your finding peace. Nothing wrong with that. I know there's nothing wrong with that. What about you? Any exciting art? Exciting art? I don't know. So I do photography, graphic yeah. design. Um, I don't really do anything. Uh, I run. I exercise. Good for I you. I write papers, fill out forms. Um, working with Zephyr, it's a quarterly magazine, so I submit um, like cool. articles and and editorial pieces every now and again. Yeah, I don't. That's awesome. I don't really do any. I haven't been. I love you say I don't do that much, and you said like twenty different things. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like reach out these days to mm. contact someone. Like I hear like a friend who was like, hey, I'm shooting a music video. And I was like, of course you are. And then mm. he's like, hey, will you shoot for me? And I, I like gave him my price, like what I normally do. And yeah. he was like, okay, that's fine. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot we're all graduated. So now the yeah. price is at too high for people who I know. That's so funny. Now, now I have to follow through. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, that's, how, that's what you do when you can't take a job or you're like, this is gonna be painful for me. Like you just put a high price. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, sorry, like, I don't have time to edit your music video. Like, it would take me weeks. <laughs> like, I have a problem where I'm like, I'll just like be poor. Like, I'll just let myself like eat less food or something. You know what I mean? I'm just like, it's fine. I won't take that job and I'll just have quinoa for dinner. Like, that's fine. <laughs> My health doesn't matter. I do remember there was a time whenever this this happened several times throughout the year though so i'll have like so much money and i'll be i'll be like i'm fine have like yeah. a small savings and then use the rest of the money to not do anything just to pay my bills and yeah then whenever i start getting it starts getting hairy i'm like you know what i've never failed before i've lived 23 mm -hmm. years it's all gonna it's work time out for <laughs> yeah work out for itself on zoom and it was crazy to watch you know it's like 20 of us just all being like hi is your surely your family pays for zoom so you're not like no we're running out of time i think oh, okay <laughs> actually maybe they did pay for zoom because i don't remember it running out of time i don't know it, sometimes it gives you unlimited things and sometimes it, it just really says do. absolutely not that's wild. See, I've never run out of time on Zoom, but I'm like, there's no way that people pay this much because that would be insane. Someone does. Someone, Someone does. Probably. You could, only, <laughs> you could only really justify it if you were like, one, using it all the time. Two, mm -hmm. were like a business that required like oh, yeah. virtual business meetings. But like, like as an individual, you can't really justify it. I guess, Osteries, you could justify it at this point. I, I could. With how frequently it. we're... Um, I mean, how much is that a month? Like, it's, uh, it's a little over, yeah. See, that doesn't sound as crazy. If you do it monthly, but then again, 
then again, I'm entirely opposed to paying for HBO Max. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would I would use that probably more than I'd use Zoom. And I can't <laughs> I can't justify that purchase either. Well, there are just too many subscription services, you know, that I try to justify. And like oh, yeah. you gotta set limits with yourself. See, Especially like I'm in like I'm self-supporting, so like mm-hmm. I'll notice my bill and I'm like, okay, you can't afford that. Like you need to you need to cut this out. I'm like, you can get your family's Netflix. Like, don't pay for this <laughs> yeah. yourself. Or like ask a random friend. <laughs> it's fine. I um I remember so I come instead of paying for my own internet, which people give me flack for all the time. My mother's at work from like five till seven PM, like five AM to seven PM. Yeah, so I make sure all of my podcasts are scheduled within that time frame. Oh, that's and so funny! Sneaking through her garage door, uh-huh. and then link up on her Wi-Fi here, and then I go love back that. to my house before she arrives. But she has like cameras and things, so she's always like texting me, like, "What's wrong? With you? <laughs> Stay out of my house! Stop using the Wi-Fi!" I love that. I'm at my parents because they have good Wi-Fi. I'm like, <laughs> I have terrible Wi-Fi. Honestly, I can't switch to another service. I've just been like lazy. Like there are certain things in life that I'm lazy with. And I'm just like, why am I lazy with this? Like, Um, you know, like bills I hate or just like annoying things, adult things that I don't like. Also, the only issue I experience with art in some capacity is like, I do a lot of creative direction or like photo shoots and I've been getting really into it. And props are like, they add up, they're like $5 or something. It's like, mm-hmm. it ends up being $10. And I can't justify purchases anymore because I'm like, oh, but I could buy this, you know? I'm like, oh, instead of, instead of spending $13 on that subscription service, I could buy like rhinestones or like a toy gun and do a photo shoot with it and make art with it. I'm like, why am I buying these things? I remember, was it last week or earlier this week we were recording another podcast I yeah was, like, listening back to the audio because my interface it like burned out uh for yeah so i was just using headphone mics i was like it's gonna be fine i was yeah. listening to it and i was like cool it's awful oh no oh my gosh i hope my mic is fine no 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 yours is fine let's I hope it is the, I, i've been checking everything from now good on. i was like this is awful and i was Ugh. like do i buy a new interface or do i buy a 20 pound bag of rice <laughs> I was like, we're gonna buy both. Ooh, rice for the next two weeks. Oh my god, that's purchase. horrible! That's horrible. See, I tell myself those things, and I'm like, okay, that's like bag of rice every meal. That's what I'm doing. And then I'm like at a grocery store, and I'm like, I can't resist. I need that twelve dollar sushi. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't afford it. <laughs> I mean, you're better than me. I just start <laughs> missing meals, probably. I would just start throwing meals out. I can I can go without eating on Monday or Wednesday. <laughs> I love that this is a thing that artists do or like that people do. I didn't realize, you I know. This was just a thing people do. Even whenever I have plenty of food, I have so much food in my house. Yeah. And I was like looking at it and I was looking at some buns. I was like, why do I have buns? And I, I hate veggie burgers. I was looking <laughs> at the veggie burgers in my freezer. And I was like, what's wrong? Why did I buy this? <laughs> Someone came over and I was like, yo, take those impossible burgers. He was like, those are $5.99. I was like, and they're free for you. Get out of my house. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I I watched like an interview once of, do you know who Blood Orange is? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dev Hines. And he was talking about how when he started producing, he like couldn't afford food and just ate quinoa for like all his, of his meals. And I watched that and like, 
it's so interesting because my mind, instead of going like, oh, that sucks that he was so poor. I was like, oh my God, that's genius. Like Mm -hmm. quinoa for all your meals. Like I'm going to start doing that. I know you can. Yeah. I get inventive with it. Like I use a baseline for like, I'll switch up. Like I'll do one month is quinoa, then rice, then eggs or something, you know, add some cheese. I think I just like bland food. I oh my god, I can't live I like you. I remember being on the phone with Khalid. This was probably 10 months ago. I was just eating potatoes for like a solid three months. Nothing. How? Else, right? I had I had spices. I was like, you know what? I wish to I'm be only you. eating potatoes. Maybe throw in some like other greens so I don't go into ketosis. But we're, we're <laughs> mainly sticking on potatoes. I don't even like potatoes. Are you one of those people that just eats to survive? Yes. I can't relate to you. Are you also one of those people, Khalid? Because that just eats to survive. Absolutely not. Okay, me either. I have so many friends that are just like, I don't even really like food. Like, I just eat to survive. I'm like, I can't relate to you. Like, I wish I could just be like you. I like food that tastes good. And I like to to taste whatever I'm eating. I'm not just- Me too. Oh, I can't relate to you. dishes, right? Like, I remember- I'd go to Zoe's house and for mm-hmm. Remy, Zoe and Kenny, I'd like whip up some pad thai and they'd be like, it's good. I was like, I'm going to take your word on that. That's and so like, funny. It's like food. I mean, I can taste the intricacies of food, right? I did yeah. that weird test where are you a taster or not? So I can taste it. I just don't care. Yeah. That's crazy. I like don't understand. I love cooking and I love food. I feel like when I'm on my own, it's not my biggest priority, but I love cooking for other people. Like there's nothing like cooking for other people. Having a dinner party, man, the stuff is what I live for. Went to Khalid's house and brought a cobbler for no reason. Oh my gosh, I love that. A cobbler, it's so fancy. You didn't, bring it, you didn't bring it for no reason. I told you that my mother does not cook vegan and you were like, bet, I'm just gonna pull up. And I was like, as long as you know that she's not cooking anything that I would accommodate you. So funny. I was like, they'll like this. I won't like this. I think your brother tried my life. He was like, I don't like this. <gasps> your mom said, oh my gosh. My, bro- my brother. My <laughs> I feel like moms and siblings are the most honest people in the world. Like, but honest within their own perspective. You know, it's uh-huh. like, it's subjective. It's subjective, everything's subjective. But like, I showed my mom these photos that I took and she was like, nope, nope, nope. Okay, I like that one. You know, she's like, so like honest. I'm like, I can admire this about you. Sometimes it's hard to take, but sometimes it's really nice. <laughs> I aspire to be that honest in my life. I feel, I feel like, I feel like it just comes with like being family. Cause like, I know my siblings have no no barriers whatsoever as far as what they think is appropriate to say and so you know we're at at the point where we're all just like really brutally honest with each other Mm -hmm. and uh sometimes it's just intentionally to hurt each other's feelings so you know yeah it's the fun of family I guess see I'm not used to that my sister's 16 and I feel like that's the age where like they start being people who like have opinions and um like it's wild to me because she'll say things that are kind of rude and I'm like that's offensive. Like you're hurting my feelings. I'm not used to it, but I'm like, I guess this is what siblings are. We hurt each other's feelings. I don't know. 
I can't bring myself to it, but. Uh, no, when when you mentioned your sister yeah. earlier, I saw her behind your shoulder. You're kidding. It's about <gasps> That's so funny. It's so funny. She's so funny. I love her. It's really cool having a sibling that's like that much younger, I feel like, because it like exposes me to a whole nother generation of stuff. Like her perspective on just politics and a lot of things in general, like social media is just very different than mine because I think like she's grown up with it. So it's actually really refreshing at times. It's interesting because I feel like there's such a gap between generations now where it's like, I don't even know what Gen Z's up to, you know, or like, I don't really know what generation I'm in, but it's just like, I see 16 year olds. I'm like, who are you? Like, what? Like, this is a whole different world. Absolutely. I, I don't know. I feel like, because Khalid and I are older Gen Z's. Yeah. So we're like, I don't even claim it. We can fix it. What are you? Yeah, it. I'm 24. So I think I'm like, I just turned 24. So I think I'm like old Gen Z. I'm yeah. I'm 23 yeah. turning 24, but I don't I don't claim Gen Z. I refuse. Don't I don't claim. No, I, I just noticed Gen Z, they love using technology, but then I ask them like about RAM or how to fix something. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I just I, I just give it to my parent and they fix it. And they get it I feel like you don't learn about that stuff till your 20s though like I didn't even know about that stuff when I was in high school <laughs> that's all that's all we did at, at in high school like oh really? you did in high school I, speak with. I did not do that oh. stuff in high school yeah that's all you did in high school I have a confirmation bias I was like everyone I know who's around my age knows that's how to so them. funny I have no clue you know what I did the other day I my fan was being super loud and I was like what is going on with my computer I thought it was broken. I called Apple. There were so many issues. I realized it was like I had dust in my fan. And so I YouTubed <laughs> how to open my computer and I like got the air compressor gun and I like took out the dust and now my computer's fixed. But it feels exciting to know how to fix things. I'm just starting the fixing journey, like learning <laughs> how to fix things on my own. YouTube University has definitely um, made people who I speak with at like whenever I've worked places who are slightly younger than me they're like oh yeah I know how to do it I was like excellent yeah and then we start talking about it and I realize it's like a surface level to mm. get the job you know how most yeah. people fluff up their resume I'm yeah like, okay so you'll be fine at the job but if I oh that's so job, funny yeah I'd probably hire you so you could get some experience to actually learn how to do it I'd be like yo cal calm down Hey, yeah. but there's, I don't think there's any professional that I've talked to that's like, I knew exactly what I was doing going in. Nah, the True. job is a place no. to learn. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're right. you're you right. learn from experience. I also think though, like it's insane how much you can learn on YouTube. Like mm -hmm. genuinely insane and amazing. Like I- For free. For free. Like I think about this all the time. Like everything I've learned is through YouTube, like graphic design, like Photoshop, like final cut you know like everything I've learned is through YouTube I didn't go to school for it you know and I have friends of mine that went to school for it and like they'll think I was an art student because mm -hmm. of like how much I know and I'm like no I just like learned on YouTube and I spent time with it I feel like it's really just about like dedicating yourself to learning something and if you want to mm -hmm. learn it you can like all the information's out there YouTube's amazing that's that's exactly how I feel about like science physics or yeah here i'd be like on the internet sometimes dive into like research gate just so whenever people are like talking about 
That's awesome. Uh, things in like the science buildings. Uh, they'd be like, oh, you wouldn't know you're a humanities major. And I'd be like, well, mm. actually. It's so funny. My, I feel like the older generation has mm. a concept of like that you need to go to school in order to learn things. Yeah. Like till this day, my parents are always like, why aren't you in grad school? Like go to grad school. Like you want to learn this, like you need to be in grad school. Like no, you don't. with music <laughs> no, you production, don't. with art design, with graphic design, they're always like, but you don't have a major in that. Like you're not a professional. I'm like, actually I can be, mm-hmm. you know, like as long as I dedicate myself. And you can get the same kind of professional experience. Um, I know for me, the decision to go to grad school yeah. was really just, so like one of the biggest motivators was I want industry connections. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And you know, I I definitely have improved, but like, no, nah, you you could very easily get, you know, similar improvement through YouTube programs and and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I mean, you know, it's it's really based on like what do you want? Meeting the right people like, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how much college is meeting people. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. even I'm noticing. It's like there are things of my life where I want to take more seriously, like doing creative direction more professionally and just music in general, doing it professionally. And it's interesting because there are moments where I think about going to school and I'm like, but that would actually hinder my growth because I'm meeting more people now. And like, I would rather have a job interning for someone I really look up to than be in a program. My mom is probably overhearing this conversation like, you need to go to school. She's right there. Yeah. She's behind me. Who are you talking to? I'm on a, I'm on a Skype call. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. She's, she doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, they know. I definitely yes. feel oh, you wanting to do things professionally and not. And then I think of the way that I get guests for In Defense of Humanity. Mm-hmm. And I'll walk up to people who I know are like have some skill. Yeah. Before Corona, I would just find my way, drive to where I knew they would be, like go into their office Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, hey, I need you on my show. (gasps) That's so cool. Now I slide into people's DMs. You got to slide in the DMs. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I literally got one of my biggest shows I've done. I like open or I um, played this like bands in town live stream and there were like thousands of people watching it and I got it because I dm'd like this girl who I've been a huge fan of like for years I've been a fan of her and I just messaged her being like I'm such a big fan like thank you so much for inspiring me and she um she booked me for the show she listened to my music and she was like this is really cool I love this hold on a minute I wanted to tell her to stop rattling. <laughs> I was like, it's probably making noise. I am curious. Um, since you said like like that was a virtual event that you that you performed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um how how has that gone? Like I've definitely seen like a kind of upsurge in virtual performances and whatnot. Yeah. So, you know, just wanna know about your experience with that. It was fun because it like allowed me to do things that I wouldn't be able to do like for an actual show. Um just because I, me and my friend both wore like green screen outfits. Like we wore green tops and like I keyed out the green and like had visuals running through my shirt essentially, which was kind of tight. And 
I think it's interesting because I have like a global audience, I feel like for my music, it's less centered in LA. So when I perform in LA, I get really frustrated because there's not, it's really difficult to bring people to shows. And it was kind of cool to be able to do a live stream because everyone in the world can tune in. At the same time, like it's not the same effect as playing a show because it's like you're performing to yourself essentially. Like you're not performing to anyone. So you kind of have to give like it even more and be more energized because of the fact that you're not getting that like feedback automatically. But I mean, you got to do what you got to do with what's happening right now with the music industry. It's really frustrating, but it is what it is. Yeah. Awesome. It was a fun show. Hmm? No, it was a fun show. I enjoyed it. Do you have anything new that you're doing? I don't know why I did jazz fingers. I love the jazz fingers. You gotta always do jazz fingers when something exciting is happening. Um, yeah, I'm working on a project right now. I've been working on it for a really long time. And I, it's like a 12 song mixtape and it's done. I just need to finish it and like mix it up and make, make sure that it's sounding good. But essentially like, it's interesting because you always like want to wait for things to happen. You know, it's like, oh, I want to get a distribution dealer. I want to get this before I put out the album. And now I'm realizing like, it's more important for my art to finish it. That way I can move on and create something better. Cause I'm already seeing like that I'm kind of over the album. <laughs> I'm like not really promoting it that well, but um, it's just, I go through changes really quickly with music and I get inspired really easily and I want to create something new and, um, I don't want there to be any gap between what I create and like what I put out kind of, cause a lot of artists, you know, they'll like work on an album and then not release it for two years later. And that just feels really weird to me and kind of mm -hmm. like, like it almost feels like it would set me back from growing. And I like my main focus as an artist is to be better and like to grow. And so I'm working on this project and I'm really excited about it. It sounds really good. And um, I'm working on finishing it up and, it definitely is like a character that is the album like it's called who is she and it's about kind of this girl at a party who's like a mystery but you kind of see that there's more to her than what meets the eye and um ultimately realizing like i i went to usc and i was in the frat scene and sorority scene and it felt like i always needed to put up a facade in order to get people to recognize me or like me and I feel like this album is kind of accepting of that facade and just being like, I can be whatever you want me to be, but at the end of the day, I have myself. And um, it's been really fun because to pair with the album, I've been doing like self portraits and creating characters with like this, each self portrait shoot I do. And I think I'm going to make like a zine to come out with the album. So if you get like a physical copy of the album, you get the zine too of like all of these characters. Um, so it's been really fun to like see how it comes together naturally. So I'm I'm pretty, I guess, was it old school? Yeah. So albums and right now I'm just streaming things. How do physical albums come? Are they CDs? I have not yeah. seen a disc player in probably three years. See, I don't know actually, cause that was the first time I was even thinking about doing a physical album. Mm -hmm. But I think I'd do like a zine that would be physical and then maybe have a USB. Yes. Okay. Or something. Yeah. With like extended versions or something like mm -hmm. that could be fun. Cause I do 
like I've been getting into DJing and I, I want to extend my songs to like be able to fit into a DJ set more fluidly. So I don't know, maybe like a USB with the album. I'm really brainstorming right now, but maybe a USB with the album with some extra like remixes and an extended mix and then like a digital copy of the zine probably. But definitely think like a zine could be a cool concept to do. Yeah, it's really interesting how much like thought you're putting into um, the distribution and promotional process, because like, you know, a lot of times you want to just like, you just want to make the art, right? You just want to make the art and get it out um, however you can get it out. But like thinking about like this distribution process with like such, such thought, you know, shows that you really have like all of it in mind. And um, well, it's interesting to me because I think like I, I view the promotional aspect as an art in itself, you know? Like to me, creating the promotional aspect of the music like is what inspires me just as much as the music. You know, it's like with every album song that I make, like I immediately think of the cover and like what kind of visuals I'm gonna make to go along with it. So like, I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm in a situation where I enjoy the process of promotion and where I enjoy the process of like how I'm gonna market it because to me, that seems like an art form in itself. I think a lot of musicians struggle with that and like I've been really trying to help other artists like with that process because like I have friends of mine that struggle with it and I'll like we'll exchange services and stuff where I'll like help them with their promotion and they'll like do mixing for me or something and it's just been it's a fun process seeing like how you can help out other people in your community and like there's gaps for everyone but yeah I, I get really excited by the by the creating of content and visuals. I love it. Like I really do. <laughs> That's cool. To me, it doesn't even seem like it's the promotional aspect. It just seems like it's another part of the art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you would like to mention at all? This is coming to a close for In Defense of Humanity. However, we don't want to let you go because we do have more time in the Zoom mm -hmm. to do In Defense of Time, which is our after show where we can talk Ooh. about anything. And it's uh, subscription-based, so you can say things that are cancelable, and it's highly likely that you'll never get canceled. Love that. It's so scary now when you're talking and you're like, am I going to get canceled in the future? Like, is someone going to find this and like cancel me? Like, I don't know. At any moment in time, it's terrifying. If, if we're transitioning to in defense of but, time, I mean, yeah, cancel culture is um, really interesting, right? I'd like to think people are consistently growing, yeah. you know, um, and I think, you know, I think cancel culture is like the best thing that we have as mm -hmm. far as like society holding individuals accountable, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, you know, they, like, like if you see somebody is legitimately putting forth the effort to, you know, grow and, and change, you know, does it make you put it into perspective a bit more, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just have a hard time with it because it's like, yeah, people are growing constantly and like, you can't get mad at someone for something they did five years ago. You know, like they're a whole different person. Like I think of me five years ago and I was a totally different person. Like mm -hmm. I had so many insecurities and I looked completely different and I was judging myself constantly. And like, Sometimes when you're in an insecure place, you say things that you wouldn't necessarily say if you weren't, you know, and um, 
it's difficult to think about, you know, that like something you can do five years ago can impact who you are now or like your career that you work so hard for. And like, I do think that people should take the time to like grow and realize their faults a hundred percent. I just think it's not fair to like completely condemn someone for a mistake because we're human. Like if we don't have room to make mistakes then we're not going to be authentic to ourselves. Absolutely. And yeah. that folks is the prelude to in defense of Kanye. We love it. You, you've heard what we're going to talk about in the after show. Uh, Skylar, is there anything you would like to promote before we transition? Um, just follow me on Spotify if you can, uh, or on Instagram and say, hi, I love talking to people and just really appreciate you guys for listening and having me. And, uh, yeah, my Instagram is Skylar with, which is spelled with an X instead of an S, which is X K Y L A R. And that's it. Yeah. Indeed. Well, thank you for being here. We're still going to be here, but to the audience, if you don't have Patreon, I'm sorry, this is the end of the conversation. <laughs> Kavit, do you have anything that. you would like to say? All right. Audio on mute. That's what I like to see. Kavit. Hold up. Wait. Nope. Go out and vote. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, please. Please vote. We need a new president. Go vote. And Go vote. Pay, starting at $3 a month with Patreon, you could vote on who we have on the podcast next. Ooh. Yeah, go vote and vote. Both your local elections, your national elections, as well as your in defense of humanity elections. Goodbye. <laughs>